Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. All right, let's talk more NFL draft. Let's talk more Buffalo Bills covering the team for NewYorkUpstate.com. Always love catching up with our buddy Ryan Talbot. He's probably a little sleep-deprived today like the rest of us are after... A long night waiting for the Bills to select, which was eventually at uh, 25 there. Brandon Bean moving up again this year. Ryan, I just wanted to get your overall objective thought on the move to move up two spots, give up a fourth-round pick, and select Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Yeah, I really liked the pick. It, you know, it caught me off guard at first. The Bills have been linked to so many different uh, wide receivers that supposedly could have fallen into that range. Uh, Kincaid is the first uh, player to, to be drafted by Brandon Bean in the first round that wasn't a top 30 visitor, so not necessarily on the radar. There were the two years where there was no visits due to COVID, but he's generally brought those guys in. But then you, you hear more about it, and the last formal interview at the Combine, uh, last Zoom interview that they had, so they, they really wanted to do their due diligence on him. And in terms of the tight ends of this draft class, this is a very deep draft class. Kincaid was the number one tight end. Because he's just scratching the surface, uh, one year of high school football, uh, kind of still like raw in terms of knowing a lot about the game. He played flag football growing up, but not quite the same as tackle football. So I still think that he hasn't come close to reaching his ceiling. Uh, and, and that's kind of a scary thought for opposing defenses because of how good he's been early on here in, in this tenure playing at Utah. Yeah, and I think what we're debating here, because certainly if you're just doing a standard two tight end formation, he's one of your guys. Will they actually use that, or would we see like like him actually lined up in the slot where Cole Beasley used to? How do you envision them actually using Dalton Kincaid here? Yeah, you know, they said that they can run more 12 personnel, two tight ends, but Brandon Bean even alluded to the fact it's going to be more of like a quasi uh, 11 personnel and that you are going to be using uh, Dalton Kincaid in the slot. And, you know, uh, ever since the Bills drafted him, he's been referred to as Swole Beasley instead of Cole Beasley, a bigger version. Uh, Beasley didn't like that on Twitter. I saw it today. Don't compare me to a tight end, he said. But that's where, you know, I, I think his bread and butter is going to be with Kincaid line him up in the slot, and he's going to be a mismatch for linebackers. He's going to be able to barrel over those safeties and cornerbacks if you line up someone on him in that regard. Um, and you'll look at the comparisons. Um, after he was selected, uh, you, you saw comparisons to Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz in his prime was a great tight end. Uh, Kurt Warner compared him a little bit to Travis Kelsey, which would be you know great for the Bills if he's anywhere close to that level of player. And uh, like I said, Brandon Bean said he kind of has a little bit of Cole Beasley in his game in terms of the elite hands, the route running, 
uh, the being able to utilize him out of the slot, which when they had Beasley in his first stint here in Buffalo, he was an absolute weapon for the Bills. Ryan, I, I just want to go back to what they did last year. And a lot of times when they try to do two tight end personnel to 12 personnel, they, they would go with, with Bobby Hart opposite Dawson Knox. So with that in mind, would they have been better served getting a, a more complete tight end that, that can do both pass catch and block? Did they whiff by taking Kincaid and not Mayer in that position? Yeah, that's a fair argument because Mayer is a, you know, day one, ready-to-go blocking type of tight end. Uh, but I, I almost feel like the Bills were put in that spot with Bobby Hart just because it didn't pan out in terms of these tight ends that they brought in over the years. Last year, Ken Dorsey tried to bring in O.J. Howard. It just didn't work out. Howard wasn't one of the best 53 players on this roster. Uh, when Dable was here, it was Jacob Hollister and some other guys, Tyler Croft. Uh, they just never really got the the right guy, the the right weapon on this team. And uh, the way that the Bills kind of line up sometimes and they're doing the RPOs and things like that, he doesn't necessarily need to be on the line blocking it. And with his game and his skill set, I think he's going to be able to be utilized as a pass catcher here very early. And yeah, if you're looking for someone in terms of blocking, that's not his strong suit. So they, they made the investment that they made in last season, and they paid Dawson Knox all this money. Then they draft... Kincaid last night in the first round. Both of these guys, if I'm hearing your your description of Kincaid, sounds eerily similar to the to description of Dawson Knox. Raw didn't play the position a lot growing up. So, I guess my 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 concern here is that they have a type. We we see that they have a type, and they choose the type that they like versus the guy that might actually have the complete package. That might actually have the dare I say the talent. Not that Kincaid isn't talented. But we've got now two raw tight ends that aren't really good at blocking. Yeah, I, I will say I think Dawson Knox has improved as a blocker. I think it's starting to become something that he can do on a fairly well, but definitely wasn't when he first came into the league. Um, Knox was an athletic. He, he he tested off the charts at the combine. Um, he was in an Ole Miss offense that really didn't utilize the tight end, and, and that made sense because they had DK Metcalf. They had. Uh, three or four, there were three or four wide receivers deep in that offense, so he wasn't really utilized there. Uh, a little bit different with Kincaid in, in that he pl- was a multi-sport athlete growing up. Basketball was his passion, uh, but then you know he he realized football is was where he was most likely to be able to make a career of it. And um, so, like like I said, the kind of a late bloomer there in terms of contact football. But I, I really did like what I saw from him the last two seasons at Utah. Uh, I think a lot of people watched that game against USC where he had 16 catches in the game. Uh, you know, he, he's he's picking things up. He's fluid. He, he moves well. Uh, he gets out of his breaks really cleanly. So th- there's little things that I'm sure this Bills offensive coaching staff looks for in a tight end. And in all those areas, I think that uh, Kincaid kind of probably tested off the charts or checked all those boxes. Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com. Uh, you can read his latest piece right now, uh, right before we get to round two, your second round mock. And you have the Buffalo Bills drafting by need here in the second round. Tell everybody, who do you have them taking? Yeah, I have them taking Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, transferred over from Alabama. And, you know, this was an interesting, it was a lift, but it was very interesting to do because what I did is I looked at every team's top 30 visitor list. I looked at their biggest needs going into this year's draft, and obviously I, I cross-referenced with their first-round picks. So as I went through it, it was interesting because they the linebacker position did fall. 
Uh, Campbell went very early yesterday to the Lions, but you still have Trenton Simpson out there. You still have Drew Sanders. And with all this talent, though, that's in, in front of them, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that one or both could slip down to Buffalo's range. Now, will the Bills uh, go up and, and get Sanders if he's someone that they really like? It, it's definitely possible, but there's still a lot of borderline first-round talent on the board right now with Joey Porter Jr., Steve Avila, uh, Will Levis, Dewan Jones, and these are some of the first picks that I have here. Hendon Hooker, too, is kind of in that conversation. Osiris, uh, Osiris Torrance, and the list goes on. So with all that other talent in front of uh, you know the Bills early on in this second round, I, I do think that maybe linebacker will fall into their lap. And as much confidence as they've shown in the guys that they have on this roster, uh, I, I'm not sure that any of them would be able to beat him out, Sanders, that is, if the Bills drafted him in round two. All right, so let's uh, go a little bit deeper here. So what kind of a fit would Sanders be in Sean McDermott's defense? And you just mentioned something that's interesting because one of the conversations we were having leading up to the draft was, is drafting a, a linebacker in the first round or the second round admission of failure in, in that you took Bernard in the third round last year and that you're essentially saying we have to invest more in this position because the guy that we drafted last year isn't quite up to snuff yeah maybe and you know it's it's also uh, excuse me brandon bean's fault to say that he thinks that he could be a fit in that tremaine Edmonds role i I don't see it in terms of the size uh it was a curious pick in the third round just because you did have milano uh very similar skill set to milano in terms of in the size the speed and all the the testing numbers but it didn't seem like a good fit there. So, yeah, it might be him admitting that that wasn't the, the best pick for them last year in round three. With Drew Sanders, you get another athlete tested off the charts, uh, was excellent this year at Arkansas. But what he adds to this defense is the pass rush element. You can line him up uh, off the edge. You can line him up. You can blitz him. He was excellent getting after the quarterback. And if Sean McDermott wants to be a little bit more aggressive uh, this year with his defense, Sanders kind of fits that mold as the linebacker you'd like to see next to a Matt Milano. Yeah, we're talking Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, his second-round mock. You can read up online at NewYorkUpstate.com. And let's say that doesn't happen, uh, that the Bills will actually, they're, they're happy with who they have right now at middle linebacker, and they're going to go wide receiver. Uh, pick 59, Ryan, who might be the best fit or who might be some guys we can look forward and hopefully they would fall to Buffalo in that position. Yeah, uh, Rasheed Rice uh, out of SMU I think would be a good fit. I'm, I'm really high on Marvin Mims, but I think he might be more of a third-round pick. Uh, but he's someone that I really like in terms of what I think he can be in the NFL. Josh Downs is someone that was mocked to the Bills in uh, round one in one of the final mock drafts of the year. I think it might. It was one of the ESPN. I don't think it was McShea. Um, but Josh Downs out of UNC could be in that range. Um, yeah, I mean, those are like the, the big guys. Jaden Reed, Michigan State. Those are just some of the names that you might hear in round two. But I think uh, Rasheed Rice there late in the second round would also be a nice value pick for the Bills in terms of what he can bring. Ryan, looking back at last night, it was an exciting first round. Who'd you like, and, and who do you think uh, kind of stumbled a little bit last night? No, I'll definitely start with the stumbling. Uh, that would be the Detroit Lions. <laughs> you know, the Lions are sitting there for the first time in, in a long time like, hey, you know, you guys might be the preseason favorite to win your conference, and it's just like, oh, yeah, well, we'll show you. <laughs> We're going to go and get a running back at number 12. We're going to get Campbell at uh, 18. It, it, both of the picks just seemed a, a little out of place. And 
Campbell, maybe a lot of people were higher on him in the league than these mock drafts. I didn't mind that one as much. I, I didn't like the Gibbs pick at 12. That one was kind of a head-scratcher. I know he's uh, drawn comparisons to some of the good dual-threat backs, but uh, I did not like that whatsoever. In terms of value, I mean, there was a lot. There were some teams that only had one pick that had really good value. I thought the New England Patriots getting Gonzalez at cornerback in round one was a great pick. I thought the Jets reached uh, for Will McDonald the fourth. I like McDonald, but not there where they got him. And uh, I, I also kind of liked Seattle's draft a, a lot so far. You could argue that they got the best receiver in the draft class in Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and the top cornerback. So if that pans out for them. Uh, if they can maybe address quarterback here in round two, get someone that can be mentored by Geno Smith, then they could really be set up for the foreseeable future. Now, it's not easy to hit on quarterbacks in round two, but there are still two guys out there and Will Levis and Hendon Hooker, and maybe they like one of those guys and they can end up getting them and developing them. And uh, then, you know, like I said, that offense is pretty well built up with a one through three at wide receiver. Uh, we saw what they had last year on at some of those defensive pieces. I really like uh, Tariq Woolen. So Seattle's another winner in my eyes. Uh, so, Ryan, we were having some fun with this uh, earlier. Um, and thankfully for the Buffalo Bills, you don't have Terry Pagula really being out in front and tweeting and whatnot. As compared to Jim Irsay, uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Ryan, but uh, for everybody that, that hasn't heard about this yet, uh, Irsay putting this out, Colts fans, would you take Will Levis in the second round if he's on the board for the Colts four hours from now and go Montana Young for the franchise? He's got to be trolling here, correct? Because why would you want to undermine your first round pick here? Yeah, he's got to be trolling. I think you know he's he's a very interesting owner in terms of his usage of social media, and it's funny because even when he talked about sitting at number four and being happy with the choices that are going to be there. Uh, their pick was the first picture that he up, had uploaded there. And maybe that was just a uh, coincidence, but Anthony Richardson was the first of the four quarterbacks he had in his uh, picture for that one. So sometimes I think maybe he gives some stuff away that he shouldn't, <laughs> and then other times he probably is trolling like he is with the Will Levis conversation. All right, so if you're uh, Anthony Richardson, when are you requesting your trade out of Indianapolis for him even <laughs> making that joke? Uh, I, I don't know. If I'm Richardson, I think I'm actually kind of happy there because of the coach, the head coach, uh, Obviously, we saw what what the head coach did in in Philadelphia. Uh, I think that he can kind of, if he can get Richardson to play a, a similar type of game, you're going to have some success with him early on. How big a problem is this, uh, if at all, uh, that really the, the Bills just don't have money picks left here after giving one way last night? Ryan, they're down to four. Uh, should we expect Brandon Bean to make every opportunity to recoup some of those picks here? Um, or if it ends up being just a draft class of five, how big a problem is that? Uh, it is a bit of a problem because they, they do have some needs, whether you're talking depth or starting talent. Uh, and like you said, they had to trade away a, a pick, a fourth-round pick, to move up last night. So now they need to kind of figure out, can we get a pick back? Do they move down in round two or out of round two? Do they move out of round three to pick up a, a late day three pick? Or are they going to just attack the undrafted free agent class and uh, go about it that way? Those are all possibilities. The good news for the Bills, and maybe for them only having five picks, is that here in early May, uh, in the next week or so, when the Bills start signing free agents, it no longer counts against the compensatory pick formula. So some of those players they've been linked to, maybe they can go out and, and sign them, free up some money by restructuring a, another contract or two, 
uh, but upgrade some positions that are areas of concern with veterans that are still sitting on the market because there are still some really good high-level players on the defensive line that are out there, um, some other players on even on offense that I think the Bills could try to bring in on a decent deal, but, and maybe they can kind of kick up their offers that they were giving out originally because then the compensatory pick formula is no longer in the equation. Ryan, I can't believe it, but we made it through last night and, and nary a DeAndre Hopkins trade. I mean, is there is there any... Is there still any smoke to this, or is this just a matter of waiting for the Cardinals to release Hopkins so that you can potentially get him at a better deal, and, and you might have to compete with some other teams that would like his services as well? Yeah, you know, either both GMs, in the case of the Bills and the Cardinals, are um, being really honest, or they're they're playing a game right now, because last night the Cardinals GM said something along the lines of, I don't envision us trading DeAndre Hopkins, expect him to be there. Brandon Bean kind of also said, you know, not expecting to uh, add Hopkins. But then he always added that that little extra. But, you know, if players, if price tags go down, if players are available, we're always listening. We always think about it. I think a trade will be very difficult at this point. If Arizona were to release him, though, based on the interest that Hopkins has shown, uh, he's really hyped up Josh Allen in a video recently, Stefan Diggs. He obviously has a good relationship with Von Miller. Uh, if he gets released, then I think all bets are off, and there's a good chance that he could join this roster. Now, Ryan, we had the news Monday. Uh, the Bills are back at Fisher, which is great. And drawing a line in the sand with us was your cohort, Perino, saying, no, I am not going to do a plate. Ryan, you're one of us, man. I think we can make the date right now. But we're going to take you for a better plate experience uh, coming up in July. I'm all for it. A big plate guy, yeah. You know, Matt's not a big fan of, I think, mashing all the food together. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm down for a plate. Really excited that they're back at St. John Fisher. Uh, great atmosphere. Crowds always show up there in big numbers. It, it's great for the community. So really excited they'll be back there in 2023. Yeah, we're looking forward to August when we can eat our feelings together, uh, <laughs> Ryan. That'll be a lot of fun. All right, so we got the second-round mock-up now at NewYorkUpstate.com. What else are you and Matt working on here through the course of the weekend that we can continue to check out? Yeah, as soon as picks are made, Matt and I will have multiple articles up on that player. We'll do a podcast uh, later tonight. Last night we went live at 1-something in the morning till about 2 30 uh, had people in Ireland and England watching. It was pretty cool. Uh, so we'll do a podcast every night as well. So kind of stay locked into nyupsyracuse.com, and we'll have you covered. Ryan, you're the best. Uh, get some rest here tonight, whatever you can, and uh, we'll be checking it out. Thanks so much, Ryan. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, NFL appetizers next in the sports bar. The NFL, sneaky, sneaky NFL. A story broke that does impact the draft this weekend. Like, what, 10 minutes before the draft actually started, they released this story. Like, honestly, like, did you hear anything about this? No. Like, when, and like, wait a second. It's a big story. I'm like, wait a second, pick swap. I'm like, I'm trying to like, it's one of those like, wait, what is this all about? What did I miss here? Big story. We'll explain what what is going on, how it's going to impact for uh, a couple of teams in uh, in this weekend's draft, and also how a team in the NFL could see this story and be furious today. Uh, there's some news around Aaron Rodgers that we'd like to share as well. And uh, with the, the news that the, the Lions drafting Jamar, uh, Jameer Gibbs, 
The current running back on the roster may not be entirely enthused mm-hmm. by that. We'll see uh, what's going on here with DeAndre Swift in the Detroit Lions. That's all on the way next as we serve up some NFL appetizers in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.